have to say. I, you know, there's been a lot of fucking stuff in the news uh, lately about same-sex marriage. Everybody's going crazy about this, and some of the churches say, oh, no, can do, you can't do that. I'm for same-sex marriage. I don't give a shit that two guys, two gals, uh, guy, gal, wh whatever it is, I believe that any human being in America or any human being in the goddamn world that wants to be married, if it's the same sex, more power to them. And, and what also chaps my ass, Teddy, is that one of these churches or some of these churches have the, have the high horse that they get on and say, we as a church do not believe in that. Which one of these motherfuckers talked to God and God said that same sex marriage was a no can do? Can you, can you verify? Can you give me some 411? I think that there is a God that says you cannot do this, you cannot. Okay, so you, uh, two cats can't get married if they want to get married, but then a guy can go murder 14 people, molest five kids, then go to fucking prison and accept God and he's going to let them into heaven. After the fact that he did all that shit. See, that's all horseshit to me. That don't jive with me. <laughs> With a 60 minute time when it came out of the black corner at a combined weight. I'm 666 pounds, recording to you from number 12's locker room at Raven James Stadium. I'm your boy Xander Hobbs. This is. I'm Bobby B, and we're bringing you Podcasting Perfection Personified. Once again, on the tips of the Wrestleocalypse. It is upon us. And it is upon us indeed. We're running that WrestleMania hangover. And once again, we have a shit ton to unpack. So um, first, before we get into it, we're just going to say we lost a heavy hitter in the rap game. R.A.P. to Mr. DMX, Earl Simmons, passed away this weekend. Um, he was a big part of my childhood growing up, listening to his awesome albums. And so I did a little tribute this weekend during my workouts and just driving around, listening to old DMX. Rest in peace, bud. Yeah, man, super sad. Um, but we're going to pay a little bit of tribute to him. You'll see it stick around all the way till the end of the podcast because there will be tunes that you'll appreciate. So indeed, rest in peace, DMX. Um, but in lieu of that, we did have this was WrestleMania weekend, my friend. It sure was, and um, we had two nights of NXT and then two nights of WrestleMania. But first, we're gonna get the big dog out of the way, we're gonna bring you WrestleMania night one. And um, just before we unpack it, uh, I just want to say, as that was the weaker card on paper, it was actually very good. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It seemed like they had kind of stacked the second night card. Um, but just like we're going to get into a lot of these matches, but I would say right off the bat, um, really impressed with the Rollins Sorrow match, really impressed uh, for a celebrity match. 
Bad Bunny was better than most people expected. And for all of these jerk offs who were complaining and talking all this ish about like, oh, well, that means I can, oh, Bel Air and Banks main card. Cool. That means I can like knock off early. Uh, that main event night one was fantastic. Yeah. That was a quick recap, but what did you like the most out of the night? Well, um, barring some issues in the beginning of the show, there was a weather delay because it is in that shithole we like to call Florida. Um, they got back on track. Um, there, it's funny, they had to kill time, so there were some awkward promos. So it shows people have to go to back to promo class. But um, anyway, um, I'm just going to touch on some of the high points that I enjoyed. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre opened up the show. Um, a lot of people didn't like that, but I thought that was a good call because the crowd was there and it was hot. And like um, Lashley went over in a surprise. I was surprised to see Lashley get a win and that dominant, but it made sense because um, Lashley just got strapped, and you know you need to build this guy as a, just a killer, and they did that well. Where Drew goes from here, like you put, I'm not sure. Um, so who knows? that one um like you said at the beginning i'm oh, sorry go ahead before you have to say it before i go no on. no i think you that was my whole thing about it like i'm not mad about the lashley win i'm just like there's not a logical place for drew to go from here at this point right. but hopefully you know they have a good feud like drew mcintyre is not a mid-card talent no he's a main event talent absolutely got to figure out a meaningful feud for him to be in and i don't know what that's going to be but I mean, like you said, it makes, like, you can't just strap Lashley and have him drop it. Like, you've ruined Lashley so many times throughout his career. Right. This is a cool moment for Lashley. Like, I'm super stoked for him, you know? Me too. And it was, like, it's their fault that they booked themselves into this corner like they always like to do because they could have easily executed this with some something, like, a little bit better. I like both of those guys in the match, but in the scheme of things, someone had to lose. And um, if you go through all the motions, Drew McIntyre was the guy to lose. So, and he didn't look bad in the loss. They both looked good. And it, it's it was it was good booking right there. Um, next form of good booking was Seth Rollins and Cesaro. And if you look back in last week's episode, we said that this had the potential to steal the show, and you got damn right that it did. Um, it was cool because I watched it for like the match that I like because both those guys are great in the ring, and the little nuances too. You could tell that they weren't handcuffed because they were pulling out moves that they usually don't. And um, it was really smooth as both those guys are great in the ring. And um, Cesaro got the much needed win. I mean, props to Rollins for dropping to him clean. And um, it, it was really good. I was not expecting Cesaro to go over. No, no, me either. I did like how he tried to get this, like, they, they kind of had built up this, like, whole aspect of, like, the swing being super embarrassing to Rollins. Right. So I liked early on how he tried to get the swing going. So again, like we've talked, check the archives, like Cesaro, he may have some weak spots, but as far as like in the ring, super good. He's been over already. We talked about it last week. Right. So didn't expect Rollins to, to lose clean. No, and it was super cool. Like we're really harsh on Seth Rollins for lots of reasons, but honestly, since he's come back, I'm really kind of a fan. Like he's doing everything as someone of his stature should do. Yeah. And I like watching him wrestle. He's good. 
And um, I forgot to harp on this. This is the first Mania back with the crowd since a year ago. And the crowd really popped for um, Cesaro when he won. So the crowd is into him. And yeah. um, side note, Seth Rollins has some good new theme music, and it's pretty banging. Like, it's pretty cool. So, you know, like, I, Seth Rollins the person. I don't know him personally, but, you know, he, does, he seems like a little questionable. But in the ring, the guy's great. So I'll always give him props for good ring work. Yeah, especially and when he does, when when you have attained what he has attained, it's cool to see him put Cesaro over. Yeah, for sure. Right. And then um, you know who one, else has attained a lot is um, AJ Styles. Right, and now after that win last night against the New Day, he is a Grand Slam champion because they just won the tag team titles with him and Omos. And um, Omos did what he had to do. I've seen worse debuts. He, if they iron up the kinks with him and he gets a little smoother with his moveset, he'll be good. Um, he'll be decent. And it was nice seeing the New Day get steamrolled. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, in the end, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, overall, this weekend, the New Day crew didn't, didn't, didn't get too many wins. But, I mean, they've been so over for so long, and it was – and you know the whole AJ and almost thing it needs some breathing room to see what it could be right you know and i like that uh like i said in this i would have really liked to see AJ Styles versus Triple H like apparently he was asking for but Triple H doesn't have the time bandwidth or whatever but um you know, AJ Styles is in the twilight of his career, so I'd like to see him get some really, like, big-time, big-money, big-name matches. I think that He's happen. as good as anybody yeah. who's laced him up. I think that'll happen the closer he gets to hanging up the boots, so I don't think we'll have to worry about that. So um, this wasn't really a high point. We've talked about how much we were not looking forward to this. Um, Braun Strowman versus Shane in a cage match. There was a lot of fugaziness in the beginning. It didn't get good until Strowman ripped the or peeled the wall off the steel cage and then threw Shane off. But other than that, it was a lot of meh. This high point I would like to go to was we had our celebrity match with uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Morrison and Miz. And good grief, like Bad Bunny. I was like, wow. First of all, he started the match and he wrestled most of the match, which is not really common when you have these celebrity wrestlers you know they have the main wrestler doing the heavy lifting and then they'll usually come in get a few spots but this guy did a lot and props to Miz and Morrison for carrying him through these matches but dude you could tell the guy respects the business and is a fan because that was almost impressive as Pat McAfee you know what I mean but like the major props to that guy still don't like his music but he was great in the ring yeah, and uh, I totally uh, 100% agree with that. Um, and especially like Miz and Morrison are such fucking professionals, dude. Like, and when you realize that Miz came in, we've talked about it, had to dress in, like, couldn't dress in the locker room because he was like the road rules, reality rules guy. Yep. And Morrison obviously had his falling out. And it's like, they're just such pros. And for them to like really put Bad Bunny over and like carry, help carry him through the match was right. great. One negative about it is like, I think Damian Priest could be doing more, should be doing more. Yeah. But it's like, in the end, like, I thought it was really good. And I would have to say, overall, 
I think the last couple celebrity wrestling matches, uh, the celebrities have really shown up. Like Shaq took the big bump through the table. Right. Bad Bunny do, did a great, you know, great matches. So like, it's really cool to see that wrestling has permeated through to pop culture where these big stars love it is love it so much they want to come and be a part of it and respect it you know yeah and that's the thing it's like you know i understand they want to get that crossover um thing going but like you know i understand there's like a flavor of the week when it comes to celebrities but then you want to also get people that you know are fans that aren't just doing it to get paid. You know what I mean? Bad Bunny apparently is a multi-selling record album. So, you know, he doesn't have to do that, you know, and he didn't have to take half the bumps that he took, but he did. So, you know, they'd be, you know, they should probably look more into that because Bad Bunny, Pat McAfee, Shaq, they set the bar kind of high for uh, non-wrestlers coming in. Yeah, 100% agree. But Night One had a jewel. Oh, man. And um, yeah, dude. And this is the one we were talking about too, that we said the build just completely sucked. And we said that they would deliver in the ring. And this is Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair for the uh, raw women or SmackDown women's championship. And they tore the freaking roof off the place. If there was a roof and a lot of people were complaining about this saying there's, it was a, there were, you know, it was a PR move and this and that. It's like, you know what? Who get, who fucking cares? Both of them work their ass off. So we've talked about ad nauseum how Sasha and Bailey carry the women's division during this pandemic. Bianca Belair, you know, she came from NXT. She won the Royal Rumble. She's the next in line. And, like, this was a perfect passing of the torch. Like, they showed her feats of strength. They showed all her high points. It went – it was just really – it was really well done. It was better than I thought it would be. And Sasha Banks is, like, she's WWE's best bout machine. Like, she made Belair look like a million bucks. A hundred percent. Everything you said is absolutely correct. Like, and the way that Sasha Banks, like – afterwards like there's all the meat there's all the viral shit coming out about how like like she she put bianca belair over right oh like, yeah because it's like just so perfect and a hundred percent correct like despite the shitty build and all the nonsense they made him do like they such delivered the main event in night one right like, it was the best match of the night it was everything that it could be and um yeah just like you said man banks and bailey like they held it down for so long and and to to just like everything about that match was great everything about it was great and it's crazy to think like bianca belair not that long ago was running around carrying otis exactly you know and like it's so cool to see her get her shine get her moment you know yeah so it was great uh i don't think they could have done a better job i don't think they could have done a better job with night one no based on the card night one was like almost flawless you know based on like what 
how, how they didn't build it and then versus the execution of these matches like booking wise performance wise like it just like i was interested and i was telling you over the text message that i was sat down and watched it because i had time and i was prepared to turn it off if it didn't interest me and you know what i it kept my attention pretty much the whole show yeah and, uh, and, and a perfect perfect show structure where you were able to get up and go get some popcorn during the Braun Strowman and Shea McMahon match right so, and the women's tag team turmoil match yeah. And so, like, it was just like, and you know, like, people say, just really quick before we go to night two, about this pandering of Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, like, they're like, oh, it's just because they're women, and then some, yet some it, more idiots saying, oh, just because they're black and stuff like that, and it's like, no, dude, it's not. Like, A, like we said, mentioned about Sasha, B, if they were black, then not, if it's because they were black, then Naomi would be in the match. So, cut that bullshit. If you don't like women's wrestling, just say so, but you have people knocking the match saying that they turned it off and saying the match was shit you didn't even watch it bro so it's like just i mean it's th those type of people are always going to be around and it's like what else would have made a bed at night one honestly well, well obviously if goldberg would have came back and speared somebody yeah. right like i mean people were saying lashley and drew should have done it but it's like look at they didn't know how the crowd was going to go you know what I mean? There's been so many times where the crowd has been burnt out by the main event and like they wanted to end it on a high note. And obviously the, it makes sense looking back in hindsight because Lashley retained, you know, and Lashley's the heel. So, I mean, very good job on night one. Yeah, I agree. And one thing that like we talk about before we went on night two, we talk about this uh, on like the weekly shows. It's like to start the night off with Lashley and McIntyre like that's so cool that gets the crowd pumped like that's what i mean instead yeah. of some bullshit you know crappy matches where people it's like people are fun like imagine people funneling in and realizing that mcintyre and last year are going it's like you're getting your fucking seat like right. you want to see that match right. so again like we you know we talk shit on wwe when it deserves it but great great night uh night one night two yes. Uh, on paper, it seemed like it was going to be better, but maybe it wasn't executed as well. Not so much, you know, like it started off with the sputter and um, coming up to this first match, we had this long feud that we had of the fiend finally coming mm -hmm. back and wrestling Randy Orton sick entrance by the fiend. So dope, like everything Orton playing the part, looking nervous. And the match was a, the match wasn't that great. But then as he's about to put Orton away, Alexa bliss comes up, he's distracted one RKO and Randy Orton wins. What? the fuck are we doing dude a hundred percent i don't know we're talking about the guy who wore like how many stomps seth rollins <laughs> i know like but one rko yeah like, it just it's it it's such a uh it's just such a disappointing like there's nowhere to go with this feud so it has to be over but that's it's what, like that's what i mean are we just doing this very wide again? Is that what we're doing? We're just, just I don't like, know. Because like I was gonna say, at least they're being consistent because this feud was booked like shit from the beginning and it ended like shit. And it's like first of all, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt have zero chemistry together. Like you can go back to their mat their shitty match at WrestleMania 33 on 2014 when they had those weird worms and shit on the canvas. That match was awful too. 
and you know um it, they just they should be apart from each other i don't even and as far as right now is the fiend is the fiend's done like mm. how can you come back from that like it's just from from this to goldberg to that hell in the cell match to you know everything in between it's just like how are you going to take this guy seriously with that sick ass entrance coming out saying all this stuff and then he loses dude the entrance the entrance i was like oh shit night two is in the house they're gonna start right. off like hot like this and how he got like healed up like the whole fucking yeah. thing was so cool and then it was like and then it was like oh uh, Alexa bliss wow uh, mascara going yeah man i was like what the fuck dude dude and from what i read the under the rumblings and the interwebs was that why it was initially supposed to go over and it was changed at the last minute by Vince and Bruce Pritchard. On top of that, I hear that Randy Orton is supposed to take some time off soon. Then it's like, why the fuck would he win? Like, why the fuck would he win? Like, we we we, we just talked about this good booking in night one, and now we're back to fucking uh, square one. It's Dude, fucking crazy. And, no, hold on, hold on. The worst of it is. Like, this is how you let off night two. I know. I like, know. And, it, and like, it, it has been booked pretty shittily. Like, they got too cute with a lot of the things. And, like, but, like, there's nowhere to go. Like, Man, there's nowhere you to mean? go. You can't yeah. bring him back. Firefly Funhouse Bray. It's like, I don't know, man. It's like, cool, bro. You fucked his character over, like, three times now. Awesome. Good job, guys. Right. Cool. Let's move on. But that was terrible. Like Awful. something that we have liked for so long. And now it's just like, it, it's just fucking, it's almost like they lit a dude on fire in the middle of the ring. Right. <laughs> I just don't get it because before we move on to the next match, I, the, the Fiend's pretty popular. You know, he's got detractors, of course, but he sells merchandise. He's a different kind of character. He's bringing interest. And then you do this because that, because, you know, it's the one thing that we all say, Vince doesn't get it or doesn't like it. That's what he's going to do. And it just shows like everyone says Bray Wyatt has creative control over it. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with Vince, like we yeah. always say. So, yeah, a hundred percent. And like, and it didn't even do anything for Randy Orton. No, Randy Orton didn't need a win. Like, are you no, kidding? Randy Orton isn't like we he's better Orton. off with. He's better off feuding with McIntyre. Right. Fuck. We like Orton, but it's just like for the for the 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 business, the long term storytelling of the sh- situation, it didn't work. It didn't help anyone. It no didn't. one. So they have nowhere and, to go. Yeah. But where we are going is to the United States title match with Matt Riddle versus Sheamus. Um, this one was a little botchy at times, but it worked woke the crowd up because both these guys can work. Um, Sheamus won, and he won the U.S. title. But Riddle looks good um, in the defeat. I there was a strong showing because they've been kind of making Matt Riddle look like a joke, but he looked good. The guy can go in the ring, and I like the the dichotomy of him being like this stoner stupid idiot guy on the outside but when he's in the ring he's a monster so it's like it's cool hopefully he can move up in the card but we'll see what happens yeah man he always impresses me like he's so fucking strong like he doesn't look as big as he is like Seamus looks bigger yeah like riddle's fucking yoked and he you know he's got like the technical aspects of it all down right because he's a legit fighter he comes from the ufc shit right 
Um, yeah. And um, they they were working stiff too. Like they were working stiff. Uh, he was dude, bleeding. He at got the blasted on that bro kick. Yeah. So he wore it, that hard. The hard yeah, he way. So that was it. Was cool for what it was. Um, this was a match that you know these guys had wrestled a thousand times before. It's uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It was a good Hold match. On. One thing I do want to say about. I did like Sheamus. Sheamus has always been an excellent U.S. champion. Yeah. Remember when he came yeah. out, of, he would start wearing the red, white, and blue and right. Like, right. the American champion. So yeah. I did like that, but I agree. This next one, the two Canadian legends that they are going at it again. Again. And these guys can fight all the time, and it's always going to be good because they got they know each other, so they just have great chemistry. And it was a good match. Uh, I'm not sure what Logan Paul's um, what he was needed there for, except to take that stunner at the end that looked sick. But like, it was a good match. KO picks up the win. Who knows where these two go from here? I know Sammy's still playing on this conspiracy theory deal, and I'm sure that'll on Friday we'll see more of that. But I mean. I, what did you expect? I didn't expect anything but a good match, and that's what we got. Yeah, I loved how, like, um, the crowd, like, got it. Mm-hmm. When they understood that Logan Paul was going to wear the stunner. It went right. for, like, that was really cool because we haven't had, like, we haven't had crowd wrestling shows in so long. So I really like that. Yeah. Obviously, these two guys, right? I'm surprised we didn't get like wrestle always forever. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. yeah. But <laughs> yeah, they, they like to do that because obviously these guys have, but you know, really great match. They, they delivered what they needed to do in the night. Um, I loved seeing it. It'll be interesting to see what happens on Friday, but I really liked how, like, last week or the week before, Kevin Owens was on Talking Smack with uh, the Tribal Chiefs manager, and Kevin Owens was talking about how, like, I like the money in the bank because then you can cash in. And so I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I wouldn't mind seeing Kevin Owens win money in the bank and start stalking Roman Reigns again. I thought they had a really good feud going and yeah i don't know where like, kevin owens goes he's like he's made event talent but there's just not that much room for him you know there's not and it's like they i from what i'm looking at on the smackdown side of things they're grooming a couple people you know as we'll get into it to um be fighting our tribal chief you know because uh before i get into it i'll just wait till then so next thing um we've got the nigerian spinning nerve hole drumming death match machine <laughs> With um, Big E, the Intercontinental Champion, going up against Apollo Crews, that was a whatever match. Um, Big E lost the title. That's fine because um, I hear he's getting groomed to go up higher in the card, and he needed to move on anyway. Um, Wherever Apollo goes, he's a good wrestler. I don't really like this, you know, Nigerian deal. That would have been fine if they did that, but the fake accent's killing me, you know? So I just, well, I don't know. (laughs) No, this was one of the, I think this is one of the low points of the second night because it didn't really make sense. It didn't, doesn't like, it was just like a match. Or like, cool, I don't really care. Like, yeah. If you like Big E, cool. Like, if you don't like Big E or like Apollo, but like Apollo's character changed two weeks ago. So you're not checking the box because no one's invested in him. No. And then it's like, so it was just like a, yeah, it was just a match, you know. Um, and this and the next match too, like 
this really i feel like this suffered because they they didn't do a good build and they could have like but i mean they don't know what to do with Rhea ripley because they've been fucking it up for like a year and a half now well this is supposed to be like they're like you know here's your prize for doing the job last year but it's just like this match i've seen better from Rhea ripley i'm not gonna fully put the blame on oscar because um, Oscar seems like Oscar can go for her age. She had her cardio in the ring is really good. And Rhea was blown up. Like, I don't know if it was the excitement of being in a WrestleMania in front of a crowd, but she was blown up and it was bocce. And, um, they, she's got the title. That's fine because it looks like they're resetting the whole women's division. And, um, you know, they weren't really doing much with Oscar with the belt anyway. So, I mean, this might be a setup for Rhea Ripley to get her revenge match against Charlotte because, you know, Charlotte's going to be sniffing that title. So, you know, I wasn't I'm a Rhea Ripley fan. I know Bobby is, but it wasn't that impressive of a match. And it was. Yeah. No, it was. It was again. It was like it's one of those low points of night, too. Like, yeah, the, the build was sucky. The match wasn't as good as it could have been, you know, and it just it didn't do any it didn't do anything to add to the night, right? It's like nah, it was then, just there. I'm not, yeah. But what did put the put a nice bow on the night was the triple threat match for the universal title with the tribal chief, the head of the table, the universal champion Roman Reigns going up against the 2021 Royal Rumble winner and returning from ten years out Edge and the planet's champion Daniel Bryan. Oh man, I mean, wow. we're talking about the WWE Hall of Fame superstar, rated R superstar. And then you've got the people's champion who just like was throwing running knees a week ago. And then yeah. obviously you've got the dominant Roman Reigns with the incomparable Paul Heyman. Um, loved how, you know. I didn't understand Jey Uso winning the Friday night, SmackDown, WrestleMania night. Wow. The Battle Royale. Andre the Giant yeah. Battle Royale. But I did like him getting his comeuppance every time he stuck his nose in this match. Yeah. I thought it was too much interference from him, but that's like how they're going to roll with it. But yeah, he got his ass kicked. So that was it. And that match just from top to bottom was great you know what i mean all three guys just really pulled out all the stops dude like even reigns i mean just daniel bryan was there to fill in the blanks with the two i mean daniel bryan there's nothing you know we're big fans of him there's nothing bad i can say about him and what i did like i the fan in me wanted daniel bryan to win but like i see the vision of reigns retaining because like if you look at the past of all his title defenses leading up to this he hasn't really beaten anyone like of substance. Like, you know what I mean? You knew that he was going to come out on top. This is the first time where you thought like that title could change hands easily. Dude, and there were multiple times that you thought like, oh shit, they're going to 
that's they're gonna pull the trigger on Edge. Oh right. shit, Daniel Bryan's actually gonna win right. this, right? Like, like when they had him doubled up in that submission hold, that was a sick spot. And then their that go home sequence, maybe the last three to five minutes of the match was fucking fantastic. I got goosebumps talking about it, honestly, because the concerto from Edge to DB and then Reigns doing the concerto to Edge and then, like you said, stacking them up and pinning them. That's how you solidify that guy. Yes, that is the dominant win for the head of the table in a triple threat match. He yes. didn't just pin one guy, right? No, nope. because that's the whole bullshit with triple threat matches. You can just pin one guy, and the- no, he stacked them both up, pinned both of them. Hopefully, we can get a continuation and we can get a Daniel Bryan Edge feud. Right, I think that's what they're looking at. And um, just real quick before um, that's how you book that guy, dude. Like, dude, hundred percent. That's how you do it. You know, this could have been done years ago, but better late than never. But I'm just, I was like, wow, when I saw that, I said that I was like, holy shit, that's how you do it. Like, I'm still not the biggest fan of his, but like that got me way more interested in this title run because like if they keep booking him like this, whoever takes the title off him is going to be a made guy. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it's so good and like. I've been watching a lot of like outside interviews and shit with Roman Reigns. He was just on the Ariel Helwani MMA show on ESPN. That's where he said he would, he would fight uh, Daniel Cormier and shit. And it's like, I feel like he's in a good spot where like he's okay with his success. And I don't think it's being pushed. It's being cultivated. Right, different, right? Yes. Like, they shoved him down our throat so much Uh when he just wasn't ready. And now with Paul Heyman, and, like, he's – he's it just – it's really worked out well. You know, they could have probably saved a lot of it. But, like I said, man, um, I'm looking forward to the uh, Seth Rollins-Roman Reigns feud. Right. And then just real quick, it's like, this is the guy that he is. You know what I mean? Like, this is the character he needs to play. Like, when he was being pushed as the baby face and, like, fighting from underneath, it's like, dude, this guy's, like, 6'4", like, 275. Nobody's buying that shit. Quit booking him like Daniel Bryan. Like, this is this is how he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be a badass, ruthless, conniving dude, and this is what works, and I'm glad they finally saw it, because he is a he is a big deal. He is a star. He is the guy you want to put the, put the people around him, you know? So, thank you for booking him properly, finally. And it's like, that was one of the best better main events that i've seen in quite a while and this is what it comes down to like wwe when you strip all their bullshit away they do know how to book when they want to yeah and 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 despite all of the negatives we said about night two um overall one thing we were super happy about no part-timers can shine like edge isn't really a part-timer he's in there it's like it's a legit storyline but you know no, none of these like one and done. None of these like no. like bullshit things. It was like the the people who've really held the the held the water for the company over the last year got some shine. Like got to wrestle, got to do their thing. It was super good. But which is crazy. Like I barely could handle it because I just had to watch two nights of fucking takeover wrestling. Right. Right. Yeah, so we're gonna just uh, we're gonna skim takeover and dynamite just because we had a long first half, 
and we got to get into the cool shit. But um, yeah, we'll just go back. So we'll just start over like we did and uh, take over night one. I'm just going to talk them from the best and then we're going to run it right down. I thought the match of the night on night one was Walter and Champa. Like that was a very different match than what we're used to seeing. And it was very hard hitting. It was stiff. It was really, really well done and thought out. And um, Ciampa looks great in the, in the defeat. And Walter is the dominant badass that, I mean, I just, there's not enough I can say about that match. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a really good introduction of Walter on a main stage to, to yeah, the American good point. crowd. And you see, like, he's going to be a force. And I think we're going to see a lot more of him. And I feel like this, this feud has legs. We'll yeah. see what they do with it, but I totally agree. Like we kind of were, we were pumped on this th- leading up to it because we saw the potential, yeah. and I think it's totally delivered. Right. The next, the second best match of the night, and I'm doing it for two reasons. Like number one, it was really good. Still, uh, this is the triple threat match for the tag titles. Was um, MSK, Grizzled Young Vets, and Legado de, del Fantasma. And number two, they got put in the death spot because they're only, they got put right after Walter and Champa. And usually, you don't want to get put out after like a banger of a match because the crowd's burnt out. But they did a good job of keeping the crowd invested. Um, um, we had the grizzled young or not the the MSK won the titles. And I, that was a surprise because <laughs> I thought it'd be going to the grizzled young vets or even Legato del Fantasma. So they could be belt heavy, but all in all, that was a good match. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been mad on whoever won. And that's, it's rare that that happens. Yeah. It seems like they're resetting, right? Cause MSK won the dusty roads thing and then they lost it to Imperium and then, or not to Imperium, but, and then, people got injured and it's like yeah. the whole like i don't really know what's going on but if i feel like they're just resetting it msk new guys we loved them as the rascals yep. glad to see him get the title again yeah. hopefully they you know but you know with wwe and uh tag team wrestling so yeah uh, my breath um and then we had the this one was the not match the match opener was pete dunn versus Kushida. just a good technically sound match there's really there wasn't really much to it just a good match if you're a fan of good wrestling that was that was a good match no storyline just good wrestling so yeah i totally and like they have to do something with both of them so yeah i don't know what this means i think they just got some run on on the pay on like a, a big mat a big night match but like io shirai she finally dropped the title she did like we called it like pretty much almost everyone did like um yeah we have a new champion in raquel gonzalez the match was good io shirai um did a great job and so did raquel gonzalez honestly um I, this is what they like. They want a homegrown talent. I mean, Io Shirai has done everything she could and fought everyone she could for the title. So, like, she didn't look bad in the defeat. And, you know, it's another reset. So, you know, that, that's all I have to really say about that. Yeah, but it was a good match overall. Like, some big spots. Io Shirai, obviously, when she jumped off, like, the big skull thing. Like, yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool with the crossbody. Um yeah, man, I don't know where they go. I mean, Io Shirai may just need a fucking break. Like, I don't know. We're going to see. And then they had the gauntlet match that leads into the second night match. And we were so wrong because we thought LA Knight was going to win. No, he didn't. It was Bronson Reed, which was um, which what was odd. What the fuck? I just, which is odd, 
and we'll get into that. So that's a nice segue in night two. I mean, the match of the night and probably the bat, like you put the ma- the best match of the week was this um, feud, the ending of the feud of Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. They went 40 minutes, I think is what you said. Yeah, and man. I didn't think it was that long. I mean, I was, I was in- invested the whole time and the right person went over and Kyle O'Reilly, the last sequence was great. Like with him wrapping the chain, the chain around his knee and coming down on the chair. And then the whole nice continuity of Adam Cole getting stretchered out. That's how you tell a story. That was great. I mean, there's nothing. Those guys know each other anyway, but they just really, really put out all the stops. Yeah, man. And like, I think that you cannot. <clears throat> I think this was a really nice showcase for Kyle O'Reilly, who's kind of been yes. second. But you cannot overstate how good fucking Adam Cole is. Oh, no, dude. Like, both of these guys are just tremendous talents, dude. Like, Yeah, 100%. Just, yeah, they're just really fucking good. And like like I said, you can tell these guys have worked with each other. And they did, they've worked with each other in different promotions. Uh, I've seen them wrestle each other a ton of times. And they, they still managed to put out something different and entertaining. And that's how you know how good they are. Yeah, man. And to go 40 minutes, like, just phenomenal. And and I had a little bit of an issue with it being the main event. Only because we've talked a lot about what, like, when you have people not wrestling for a title in the main event, it somewhat devalues your title. But I wasn't mad at the cross-baller match by any no, means. And just real quick before we get into the cross-baller match, it's like, I understand why they put O'Reilly and Cole in the main event because if they would have put that before Cross and Balor, that crowd oh. would have been burnt out. You know what yeah. I mean? That's they, there's they had no choice. But, right. And then so that brings us to the NXT championship match. Um, we knew the outcome. Helen Keller saw the outcome coming, like you put. Uh, now we have a, a new two-time champion, Karrion Cross. But the thing is that match was good. The psychology of it was great, how Finn was trying to get him to crack and like how he worked on him and everything like that. It was like for Finn, it was like Cross was almost playing the baby face and fighting from underneath. And then he just like unleashed the hounds and just annihilated Finn at the end. And I thought it was a great match. Like it was, it was, they wrestled to each other's strengths and Balor for people saying Balor, just like a spot guy or whatever, which he's not, but it's just like Balor put in a shit ton of psychology into this. And, you know, it just really, a really um, methodical style that he worked that we're really not used to seeing him wrestle. Yeah. And <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> all of his, all of his title defenses and really he kind of like got the title because Kerry cross got injured. Yeah. Like, we go all the way back to it. Like, they've all been bangers, man. He's gone up against everybody. All been great matches. And this was, I think, a really fitting end mm-hmm. to his... Because here's the thing. He doesn't need the fucking title. No, not at all. He's Finn Balor. Like, yeah. he, and, you know. And going back on how good and how you've um, put that he was the best champion uh, throughout all the brands, and which is true because he wrestled different types of wrestlers and wrestled different styles in each of his defenses. And like you said, he put out all bangers, and this one was one of them too. And so, I mean, I like Karrion Cross, and I'm interested to see how this goes forward with him. 
I, I mean, I, he checks all the boxes of what they like. And, you know what I mean? I like his style. So, I mean, we're seeing more of him. Like, I know I said in the beginning, I wasn't really convinced because I felt like they're trying to switch his style. But I think I'm going to backtrack on that because now the real Karrion Cross is coming out. And um, I'm, I'm stoked. Like I said, that was another match. I wouldn't care who won. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I mean, the next match, these guys are just lucky that I haven't trimmed down enough to get into this cruiserweight title but um i really like jordan devlin coming back he wrestled uh santos x Ex- escobar yes and um devlin took the loss uh i thought it was a really good match i enjoyed the style i thought it was it was you know entertaining but overall didn't like devlin coming back and taking that loss right off the bat. Like, I, yeah. I just didn't think it did everything, anything for Devlin. And I don't think it really did anything for Escobar either or Santos. Yeah, but the thing is, too, it's like Devlin can't go back and forth from the right. You know what I mean? So it's like, and Santos Escobar looks like he, they got him locked. I mean, to be honest with you, they're, the WWE's always been looking for like a Latin star to like latch onto since Rey Mysterio. And I think Santos Escobar is their guy. He can go in the ring. Yeah. He can talk on the mic. He seems to have a good attitude. Like, I mean, the guy's great. He checks all the boxes for me. So the match, and that was a got, got put in a bad spot because we've seen everything that you can do in a ladder match versus like doing some insane shit, which they're not going to do. But like, I thought for what it was, it was good and then it did the job. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, night two, we saw the culmination of the of Bronson Reed versus Gargano. I was not impressed with this. I didn't no. like the end. Like, I don't. Gargano doesn't need to be winning anything. Like, I don't know where they're going with it. I'm just not not a big fan. Though I am a big fan of Johnny Wrestling. Right, Johnny and it's we usually don't have him low this low on our rankings, but I just was not invested into this match one bit and to be honest with you i'm not invested in johnny gargano right now at this point like you know what i mean he's a heel and he's trying to wrestle a heel style but that's just not him you know what i mean like he's got to fight from underneath like i just i don't think this heel thing with him is working that's just me like he's he's like on the mic he's real funny because he's really douchey but it just doesn't translate to in the ring yeah i agree i agree and then lastly, uh, the women's tag, you know, not mad at it. You know, they're trying to like, but it's WWE. They don't give a shit about tag right. team wrestling, whether so. it's men, women, NXT, main roster, doesn't fucking matter. Nope. Um, so real quick, we're going to run through AEW Dynamite, like super quick. So love Hangman Page. Yep. Like good to see him back. Really love him wrestling. I love this whole storyline. Um love death triangle yeah like the more we get of pack and the death triangle the better it's going to be they've got their sights now on the young bucks right i think pack and uh kenny omega will have a match it is destiny yep but you know who i love also is my main man the lead singer of fozzy who was featured last week chris jericho right and then um, a little hiccup in this thing. So we had the Young Bucks turning on John Moxley, 
and um, they're playing this role where they're like kind of like stuck in the middle, but it's just like, I don't know, like that. It seems like we're back to this stupid baby face thing. It's like, why John Moxley, the, his character that he portrays is pretty like street smart. So I don't see why he'd be tagging with guys that were like formally associated with Omega. That just didn't make sense storyline wise. And so they need to pick this thing up because it's kind of losing steam for me. So just like the Young Bucks, pick a side. They keep turning them so much. You know what I mean? They're making more turns than the big show. It's like, just pick it up. Let's, let's get, let's get moving with this. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I mean, like, let's just be real. Like let's get, let's get Mox and Death Triangle together. Let's them, let yeah. Bingo Rec House, like, come on, do something, man. But um, I think also part of it was like NXT night one was just like, just bonkers better, dude. It was like, oh, for sure, yeah. I so AEW needed to come with something better than what they did. They didn't. Not a bad show, not a good show, just a mess show. And uh, you know, we spent a lot more time talking about takeover. So yeah, that's our have, first half. That's your first have, half. Real quick though, we don't have to worry about it because we have NXT on Tuesdays now. So there's that, dude. And Impact moved to Thursdays, right? So so it's they, like. We get to watch wrestling every day, all the day, all the time. It's like there's no break. No breaks. Uh, but we are going to take a break, and we're going to come back to you with some cool shit. Yeah, man. And like I would say, just pump the brakes. So exactly. I must. Around and start a ride. Uh, Niggas gon' ride regardless because I'm the hardest uh, rap artist and I'm starting uh, shit up for real. What? Get up and feel what? my words. I make curves spit up the script. It's all I've been hearing lately. Niggas hate me when I duct tape me and make me. Uh, they bring on the wall when I roll. Uh, Too late for that 911 call. Niggas stay beef, but a lot of them bluff. Uh -huh. But not me, cause I'm a nigga that can get out of them cuffs. Uh -huh. I think a lot of them's tough, that's just a front. When I hit them niggas like what, what you want, a battle turns into a hunt. Hi. The dog right behind niggas, chasing them down. We all know that you was pussy, uh -huh. but I'm tasting it now. And never give a dog blood, it's all blood. I have a dog like blood, fighting whatever, all up in your gut. Give it to you raw like that, and ain't no love, I do them all like that. Fall right up in their back, clack, clack. Close your mind, baby, it's over, forget it. Uh -huh. Have it in front of your building, but nobody knows who did it. Wow. Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, Mr. Klaus's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? We like to call it cool shit. And we've got the thing that we always talk cool shit off. What is it? It's the motherfucking mailbag. Yeah. And we got a special mailbag that's pretty WrestleMania heavy. I had to go through it and condense some stuff, but let's just get right to it. Bobby... Do your thing and fire us off. All right. It's the AEW Bullet Club. Mm, uh, yeah. Thanks, Matt Jackson. I appreciate <laughs> you listening to our podcast. Thanks for uh, sending question in. Yep. Um, I watched WrestleMania both nights and was impressed about the show for the most part, considering the lack of build. What are your guys' thoughts? Um, so last week, kind of said it like i believe i was right uh 
it doesn't need to be two nights. It needs to be pared down. It needs to be distilled and curated better. There were a lot of banger matches that you could have put into one night and people would have gone crazy for. Right. But instead, you spread it two nights. You do this bullshit thing with The Fiend because you guys suck at writing. You've got some nonsense matches that don't mean anything. Like, nobody really wanted to watch Braun Strowman wrestle. Nobody ever wants to fucking watch Shane McMahon wrestle. So... You could have put it all in one match Sunday, like all WrestleManias were, and it would have blown the fucking roof off the joint. Yeah. Yeah, everything Bobby said, and it's like, yeah, it was good. You know, for what they had to work with, it was good to see the crowd back. That was cool. But, yeah, like, I don't mind the two nights, but, yeah, if they could get it back to one and make it, like, four hours and have people earn their spot on the card and not just everyone gets a spot like we're on Oprah, like... Yeah, I would wish they would just do it to that. But it's just such a big, like, production now. And they, I don't see them going back to doing it like that. You know what I mean? So it's like a week-long, back in the day before this pandemic started, it was like a week-long spectacle. So it's like, you know, they're, that makes them so much money. It makes whatever city they're in so much money. So, yeah, they're just, if they do it at two nights from here on out, I, that's easy, more digestible than one seven-hour fucking night. And, you know, if you're stuck in New Jersey, no trains are getting you home. So, but um, back to the thing, it was a good, it was good. Um, night one was tremendous. And night two with the triple throw was awesome. Daniel Bryan's a national treasure. Yeah, he's probably the best wrestler in the world, like... Yes, I don't know agreed. why we're not just booking him and AJ Styles to wrestle all the time because yeah, but well this because one, we're not booking this shit. But no. my main man Arthur Fleck, he's got a good question. Yeah, I agree with him. I'm still what he says is I'm still trying to wrap my head around what's going on with this fiend Alex, Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton storyline. Seems like last night we have more questions than answers. WrestleMania should have wrapped this feud up, but I guess it's still going. What do you guys think is going on? I think it's a big shit turn. I think they wrote themselves into a big fat fucking corner. And once they had Randy Orton burn the fiend and went down that feud, they fucked up and they don't know how to fix it. And they're not going to fix it. Yeah, he and you asked Arthur, um, you wanted to know what we thought was going on with this. I don't fucking know. Like, I usually have answers, and I don't. I have no idea. I mean, WrestleMania is the time to usually wrap feuds up that are still going on, reset everything, and they're still going on with this. And like I said, like, I don't want to see any more of it, and I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan, so is Bobby. And like, the, the, the Fiend is done. Like, I, I don't know how you get burnt. You come out, you know, like we said earlier, I'm not going to keep repeating myself. And they just, they just squandered it. So I, it's, I don't know. It's Yeah. Done. And I'm, by the way, I'm a big Fiend fan. I'm a big Randy Orton Mark. And I love Alexa Bliss. Like, it's 100% disappointing, everything about it. Like, there's really yeah. no place to go for them right now. So yeah. maybe they surprise me. Um, but with everything that's going on, like, I don't see how you can bring back Firefly Funhouse Spray. He's not like a force anymore. He's just like, he just eats an RKO against Finn. Like, what a pussy. Like, yeah. And um, I will give WWE credit for this um, way to take three wrestlers that I do enjoy watching and make me not give a shit about them. So there's that. <laughs> Golf claps all the way around. This next question, though, is from Jordan. 
and he or she says, I've been listening to your show for a bit and have heard you guys talk about tag team wrestling quite a bit. I just wanted to see who your guys' Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestling are. Um, we haven't had a Mount Rushmore question in a while, and I don't know if we've done tag team wrestling, but yes, we do talk about it. We do like it. And so I'll fire off with mine. So mine's going to be a little bit more old school because um, this is the Mount Rushmore. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of these guys, but I'd have to put them in. I'd be remiss if I didn't put them in because they kind of set the tone for a lot of tag team wrestling that we see now is the Rock and Roll Express, Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton. They were like the start of like the high flying kind of tag team. Ricky Morton, the ultimate baby face fighting from underneath till he gets that hot tag, the epitome of tag wrestling. I mean, the Rockers got their style from them. I mean, the Hardys were emulated, the Young Bucks, like every tag team that you see that that is fast paced, they wouldn't be there if it was for the Rock and Roll Express. So they're there. My second one's going to be the Midnight Express. Whatever iteration, mm -hmm. Dennis Condry, Bobby Eaton, Bobby Eaton, or Sweet Sam Lane with Jim Cornette. Their matches with the um, Rock and Roll Express were great. Their matches with the Road Warriors were great. And everybody else down the middle, like Bobby Eaton, the best right hand in the business. Jim Cornette, we all know who he is. And like he was a great foil for a lot of babyface tag teams. The Midnights are right up there with them. Um, the next one I got to put in is the Road Warriors because those guys just set the stage for like all wrestling, the infamous Road Warrior pop, the spikes, the makeup. Those guys were great. And then my last one is going to have to be the Dudley boys, just because the what they did starting off as a joke and then just generating the nuclear heat and then just winning championships everywhere they went. I know it's a work, but they were over everywhere they went. And so I have to give it to them. Yeah, like I, you know, I put no Jesus when I saw this because like <laughs> it's such a like so definitely uh, Road Warriors. I call them Legion of Doom because like I just love them. They're obviously in it. Um, I agree the Dudley Boys because they're probably like when you think about the iconic matches, the Dudley Boys are in there. The Hardy Boys for me, a hundred percent. The matches they had, the ladder matches, just like what they meant in the attitude area. And I'm going with the Young Bucks because I think Young Bucks are that good, man. I think they were right. to get there. Fair like, enough. From, from the get, like you go back and watch their matches. It's like, I know people sometimes get intoxicated by the recency, but it's like, yeah. dude, just go on YouTube. Go yeah. see what they've been doing. Oh, yeah. Like their whole career, man, they are as good as it is when it comes to tag team wrestling. For sure. I, I, I'm not mad at that list one bit. Um, this last one is from Wrestling God. Yeah, JBL, mm. huh? Is it goes, mm. I mean, everybody listens to the podcast, so I'm not surprised at this point. Not surprised. Um, it, the Wrestling God asked with Cesaro and Apollo Crews winning their respective matches, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair winning titles, and Matt Riddle having a good showing. Do you guys think this is the start of pushing different names, or do you think it will be back to business once the WrestleMania hangover is gone? My heart wants to say that this is the start. I, I want to see this like kind of a resetting and the passing of the torch and for some new talent. But Smart Money says it looks like it may be business as usual. I'm not going to make the snap decision just now. 
I'm going to wait and see from what I read on Raw. It looks like it's more of the same. SmackDown is the show I pay more attention to, and most of those names are with SmackDown. So I'm not going to make that judgment until I see SmackDown. But um, they are they are they did some right things i mean if a lot of people were upset with the roman reigns edge daniel bryan title match but if you look at it roman reigns is the future right there edge had edge doesn't have too many wrestling matches left in him and if you're going to strap him for nostalgia stake that doesn't ever work and daniel bryan is going to be retiring pretty soon too so it's only it was there's those all the fingers were pointing to reigns to retain and that's the guy you're going to be building the company around so they're doing the right things from where I'm seeing it right now. But we know how WWE booking goes and that can change like Vince McMahon changes his underwear. So. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be back to business as usual because it's it's an audience of one. We've talked about it a hundred, a hundred million times. Like, trust me, that's why we keep joking, jokingly predicting that Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are going to feud for the title. Right. Like, and they're gonna do a bunch of shield shit and just conveniently forget <laughs> the third member. Trust me, like it's a hundred percent gonna happen. And like that doesn't mean that like Apollo Cruz isn't gonna get a bit of a push. I don't believe Cesaro is going in like I mean Cesaro is a mid carter in WWE, it's just the way it is going to be. Yeah, and plus like I read that I mean so I read some different things and I take those with a million grains of salt that Cesaro's contract is up and this could just be the bait, you know, to get him to resign. And then they'll be, he'll be back to where his spot usually is. And then I've heard they're grooming him to like, you know, possibly go up and against Reigns. Not all that speculation. So I'm not saying many of that is true, but I'm just at this point, I don't really trust WWE. You know, if they didn't push Cesaro back then when he was hot, why would they do it now? So. Yeah, a hundred percent business as usual but what is also business as usual is that was the mailbag if you want to send in your questions comments or whatever you can send them to xander hobbs at instagram bobby where can they find you the wrestleocalypse spelled like it sounds at instagram dm me slide into them dms but uh you know bring in come in with your spikes up because i like old school baseball boom but we're going to get rid of one here, and it's my turn. All right. Yes, and I clued you in with Simply Delicious. Interesting, interesting. Yes, and I know you like food. I like food. We like to make it. We like to eat it. We enjoy it. We like to watch shows about it. But I know you got a sweet tooth as well, my friend. So what are we? So get rid of one. Cookies, brownies, cake. Or pie? Oh, <laughs> you thought you had me right there, huh? I'm getting rid of pie. I had you like, in three, so I had you three deep. Yeah. If I didn't say pie, I could have said like, oh, Rice Krispie Treats. You'd be like, shit, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, Janine's sitting here right next to me. So like um, cookies and brownies, those are staying for sure, dude. Like I, 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 can, <laughs> mow, I can mow through those like they're going out of style. Cake, it depends on the cake, but I usually do like cake. Pie, I'm just not a big fan of it, dude. Like I just, I, I Not can't. even pumpkin pie? Oh, hell, especially not pumpkin pie. I, that is, I think pumpkin pie is gross too. Gross. I agree. <laughs> like, I don't understand how people just get boners over it <laughs> I, just, I cannot stand it like i mean if i if i had to eat a pie like 
I mean, it's not even considered pie. It's cheesecake, and that's not pie. So no, it's called fucking cheesecake. It's called there you cheese go. Pie. And that's yeah. just disgusting too. Oh no way! All right, but so what are you getting rid of? Cake. Cake, huh? Yeah, I'm not a cake eater, bro. I grew up <laughs> watching fucking. <laughs> Mighty Ducks, dude. I ain't no cake eater. Oh, no, right. I like pie. I like apple pie. Uh, my apple favorite dessert. Right. My favorite dessert. My mom makes. My mom. She makes a peanut butter pie with strawberry pie topping. So Whoa. it's like a peanut butter and jelly pie sandwich thing. It's delicious. <laughs> but you know, like, cakes have shitty frosting. Oh, I it's love frosting. Stupid cake. It's not delicious like a brownie. No, like fucking no, no, or no, no, cookies. No. Yeah. Like those are real deals. Like I'm, you know. So for me, cake is out. I'm no cake eater. So bring me the pie. Bring me the pie. Yeah, and I'm um, just. We got Janine right here, and she's getting rid of pie also. So <laughs> she's getting rid of pie. Yeah, she's Dude. getting rid of. Uh, but um, so here's my question, though. Like, then there's these weird. So there are weird desserts. Like, where does tiramisu fit in this? Is that like? Where does like flan fit into it? Flan, I don't know if fit, you like I- flan fits in the trash because <laughs> that's that's disgusting. Um, tiramisu I'd put in the cake category. Lady fingers, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, lady fingers or cookies. So that's what about uh, what about a cannoli? One of the finest desserts there is. That I would put that in the cookie category. I mean, I guess. Or a pastry, yeah. As no, is, the pastries uh, is a whole different thing. That's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different if, thing. If you would have put in donuts instead of pie, I would have been stuck. Dude, hold on a second. <laughs> I'm not putting in something that's never going to get knocked out. Donuts are 100. If you don't like donuts, like there's something wrong. Be with you. Yeah, there's something wrong. What with is you. it? If you don't like it, get out of this country. Yeah, if you don't like, you don't like it, you can out get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't like get out. What do I like? I like crawlers. I like um, oh, old I fashioned. Cro- I like old fashions. That's my favorite. I don't like cake donuts though. I don't like those. Those fucking no. suck. They're all you know dry funny? and dense. Sophia really likes donut holes, uh-huh. but she always asks for a pink sprinkled cake donut, and she never eats it. <laughs> she smashes the donut holes, and then I have this this the stale ass pink donut she never eats. I'm like she just I- likes how it looks. That's all it is. She I likes know. She just likes that. And it, yeah. like, but it's that's, funny. She loves, funny. she crushes the donut holes, though. No, donut holes are all right. So, I'm not mad at those. That was no, a good they're game. like, um, yeah, man, just trying to bring it differently. Like, I know you like, you know, at heart, you're a fat kid like me, so. Oh, for sure. For sure. Just because you work out all the time and, like, actually <laughs> eat good doesn't mean you don't want to eat, like, oh, no, dude, deliciousness. Hey, we're all human, and it's like, the, that's the that's the good stuff right there, so. Yeah, yeah. Some of us are more human than human, in fact, but. So what do we got for Match of the Week? Was that that Terry Funk, Jerry Lawler Did you thing? watch that craziness? I did watch it. I did watch it. That. I mean, I've watched those two guys wrestle a lot, and that wasn't one of their better ones. But, like, it was more of the storyline around it because I guess the extreme horseman paid off Lawler to take out Punk, and mm-hmm. he just beat him, and then it got into this big schmoz. The stuff that happened after the match was better than the actual match. And um, it went into Sandman coming out and uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams, and then they got together. So it was a good trip down nostalgia lane. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, just because that, it just wasn't one of their better ones. 
No, no. And that's what I liked. One, I liked it because it just showed up on like MLW Underground and they, they always put out these like cool matches. And that was like the whole intention of that match was to be like, th- there was no way that match was not going to have Crimson. Oh, no. You know, there was going to be color in that match. No, 100%. I don't. I think I can count on one hand the amount of time of matches I've seen Terry Funk wrestle and him not bleed. Yeah. <laughs> no, 100%. But I liked it because I thought it was really timely because I feel yeah. like. You know, we're going to talk about it with Inside the Ring. I feel like these hardcore matches are getting a lot more traction than they used to. Yeah. I liked it, obviously. I really liked, you know, Jerry the King Lawler, you know, depending on when, like, he has a long history in the biz, dude. And, like, it wasn't, it's not all him just being the, like, heel commentator, which I liked he was a really he was he ran that Memphis territory and like he was one of the guys that he could be that he could do a baby face or a heel. The guy's a legend. Like honestly, yeah, you know, say what you want about him now. You know, I mean he's but it's like what that guy did with the business is you can't be there's nothing not enough to be said. And same with Terry Funk. Both of those guys are like legends, dude. The Funk family, like, dude, uh from uh, double cross ranch it's just like that guy that guy still wrestles right now and he's in his mid-70s i think it's just it's nuts yeah and that was the thing i liked about that like the youtube thing and and what we were watching was like i said mlw underground you can look it up at number 21 it's the it's the match but like the best part of it was the promos that they cut yeah. beforehand <laughs> yes and then That's terry funk kept bringing up and like oh you took my eye out yep. like and the history, and then he talked, I'll never forget the, the crowdless match. And it's like, it was just so good. And then, yeah, again, like, there's a lot of color. A lot That's of color. what we talk about if you go back in the archives, the nuances of making a match. Because, like I said, the match wasn't that great. But, like, he put the promos in the beginning and the stuff that happened after and the continuity held it together. That's, how, that's like, it's a lost art. I keep saying that. Yeah, well, we're keeping it alive, bro. We're keeping it alive. We are. And we're going to keep it alive with our watch of the week. I don't have quite the lengthy list that I have because I've been kind of watching the same stuff, you know, that I normally watch. So I'm not going to run you guys through that. But I did watch, we did watch Six Days to Air. is a making of a South Park episode. And I thought that was really cool. It was from when they were doing their... Um, Book of Mormon musical, and if you know Trey Parker, Matt Stone, the creators of South Park, geniuses, and they were just showing how they put the show together, and they literally were sitting here watching that, handed that tape off to get put on the satellite with like five hours till airtime, and like they had like pretty much zero ideas, so it was pretty interesting. If you like South Park, if you just like to see how shows are made, that was pretty cool. And then we caught this show on Netflix called "The Business of Drugs." It was it's a limited series, and they take different drugs. That one episode's heroin, one episode's cocaine, one episode is opioids, another episode is like um, synthetic drugs, and they just talk about the history and then like what how what people do how it gets over here what people do over there that where it's made how it's sold the life that these people live and it's just a pretty interesting take if you want to know like you want to get deep inside the drug game but that's what i've been watching oh yes and we did watch the tina turner documentary that was on hbo max um whether you're a fan of hers or not very good it was a very good it's sad that lady went through a lot but the fact 
that she remained positive throughout the whole thing and had this awesome career, you know what I mean, that spanned over decades is really something to be said. So that was that was a pretty cool watch. Like I was a lot, learned a lot of things that I didn't know about her from watching that. Cool, man. I'll check some of that out for sure. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. We're like, again, because we got the, we're we're slaves to Discovery Plus. Like a lot of the stuff I'm watching is actually it's not bingeable. They're just releasing it one week at a time. Like so, last night we watched the uh, newest episode of Tournament of Champions, which we continue to watch. I continue to watch the new episodes of Moonshiners Smoke Ring, which is a barbecue cooking competition um but i have to say man you should super you definitely should check it out i think you dig it 100 percent um it's called it's a season there's two seasons on vice youtube called tattoo age and like i talked a little bit about last week i watched two episodes one about with um chris garver of miami inc fame but also like beyond miami inc if you know tattooing you know he's like He's super good. And then um, I watched just like, I ran through all of them and just like, just, it's really is a great showcase of the creativity and talent that these people are bringing to the tattoo game. Um, And from all different aspects, like I watched this one about this guy who's like, you know, bringing his Hindu spirituality to his tattooing in the imagery, but like, it's phenomenal. Like people are loving it. And then, you know, you talk about like Dr. Wu out of LA and like the single needle, super thin line style that is like so popular and like, and just like tattoo artists using Instagram. So it's been, it was a really cool, really cool. um, Just like spotlight on the creativity and talent of like, modern day tattooists but also how everything these guys are doing is like steeped in this like really traditional nostalgic like everybody who's a tattooer now is like paying homage to like these other people you know whether it's the just like whether it's sailor jerry or ed hardy or any of these other tattoo artists so i really liked it it's super cool i think it made me kind of come to the conclusion i think for my 40th i'm gonna get tattoo so nice yeah welcome to the club once you get apocalypse across my chest bro damn that'd be hardcore that would be that would be we need to get a few more if we get a few more listeners i'll do it yeah for sure well, now we're going to be winding it down. We got the walkout music to come out to. Um, I'm going to go first. Um, besides listening to DMX when I'm in the gym, I've been, I was talking to one of our listeners that lives in Bulgaria. That uh, was from AEW Bullet Club. He, um, we were talking about different metal bands we like, and we, he mentioned uh, Dissection, and the album is called Rain Chaos. And um, I hadn't listened to them in a long time, and um, they're really good. I, I don't agree with a lot of their ideologies, um, but they kick ass musically, and that's all I really care about. So this song is called God of Forbidden Light, and you should just check it out.
Yeah, it'd just be a cool thing to come out to. Nice, cool riffs, chunky, heavy, you know, stuff I like, like a hearty soup. Yeah, I think I think even DMX would like it. For sure. So I'm sticking with the DMX theme, which you may have caught on to at the interlude. Uh, this is one of my favorites. I found out about this on like a mixtape with Green Lantern. And this was when Eminem and 50 Cent were um, feuding with Benzino and um, Ja Rule and them. And they wrote this song with DMX Eminem called Go to Sleep. And it is like I mean, it's not like hit him up savage, but it's pretty fucking savage. And uh, I really like it. I really always like battle songs. So this is like, I had some other thoughts I was going to do, but with the DMX theme, I had to go with this one. So uh, check this out. Go to sleep, bitch. That's like that's how we do it. We're very positive here, even though yeah. sometimes our music that we choose doesn't seem so. But we're super positive. We're having a good time. We love wrestling. We love everybody. But um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you need to give a are... swift kick to the slats, though. So yeah, and sometimes that's, that's what does. you need. Pow! <laughs> so now that we're in the ring, um, as you've known it on our match of the week, we alluded to it. We're going to be talking about the art of the death match or the hardcore match. Bob, you want to give us some history on it real quick? Yeah, man, it's something that has always. I mean, if you if you're a WWE fan, you and that's what you like, you probably seek a very very watered down version of them. Um, but they've really been gaining in modern popularity. Um, and key key uh, point is when you look at like Josh Barnett's um, Bloodsport. I mean, it's basically just like. Hardcore matches, right? Yeah, it's all, uh, that's John all. John Moxley just wrestled him in one. Uh, you talk about color. I mean, they're like they're busting each other open the hard way, and they're going for like you know kind of extreme. Um, AEW has done a lot of them. Obviously, one of the best matches of the year, maybe match of the year, was Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Uh, that was a great one, and then obviously. Um, exploding barbed wire match but that even before that yeah. even before that aw uh kenny omega and john moxley had a barbed wire you know hardcore match um and then you see a lot of these wrestlers like 
you know, the indie wrestlers, like um, you look at people like Joey Janela, he's known for um, um, before he got kind of banned. Um, yeah, there's Madman Pondo. There's like, yeah. and just on um, some backstory, like, so it's it's beyond a death match is beyond a no holds barred match, you know? So this is where they're, like you said, barbed wire, they're pulling out chairs, they're pulling out tables. Sometimes there's staple guns. Sometimes there's light tubes. Sometimes there's like, it's just pretty much everything. And with like brands like CZW and a lot of these indie federations, they just literally pull out everything. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of them because I think a lot of the people nowadays with their lack of skills rely on that too much. And, you know, that's not to me as a purist kind of, I mean, granted there are death matches in Japan that are good, but to me, that's not wrestling. Like anybody can slam someone into things. It takes balls to do. Don't get me wrong. But like, there's, this is just my opinion, mind you. So I'm not trying to disrespect anything to me when you're just doing it for the sake of doing it, there's no art form to that. It's just, you're, it's just a snuff film at this point. And like, the thing is there are, there, there is a time and place for a death match. You know what I mean? Like you, it's, I think it should be better reserved for the very tail end of a feud and to close it off. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are done. Whoever wins, you go each other's separate ways, and that's it. And it's just like, and you have, like, one of those matches on the card. You know, you cannot have a card just full of death matches because, like, with everything else, you burn out the crowd, and then these guys keep pushing the envelope of doing... I've seen some crazy death matches. There's actually, now that you mentioned that, there's this um, good documentary, mini 40-minute documentary on YouTube on Vice, it's called the world's most dangerous uh, death match or something like that. And it's just, it's about that. And um, I don't know. It's dangerous. It's unsanitary. And, um, but you know, it's got a rich history in professional wrestling. I mean, we got guys like Mick Foley that he has shirts that say King of the death match, Terry Funk that we just mentioned. I mean, there's, you can just go down the list. Moxley has been in a bunch of them and, you know, but the, you, the thing is, too, you have to be able to have a normal match as well. If all you can do are death matches, then I don't think you're very good. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, then you end up being like Joey Janela or like Jimmy Havoc or like, yeah, you know, those guys who they've become so known for them. And, I mean, like, I really liked the first Moxley Omega barbed wire match. Right. You know, because I thought, and that's like, that's like you said, it's like, it's a way to elevate a feud, you know, and we are talking about like kind of the theater of the absurd, right? We're talking about fucking professional wrestling. Yes. So it's like, sometimes that's what you have to do to like really raise yeah. the stakes. I mean, um, I've seen it's some just, good... go ahead. I feel like the, they're becoming more popular almost as just like you said, not necessarily for a reason. But because WWE doesn't do them, right? So it's a way to like show that you're like you're not mainstream. We're still like indie, and it's like I don't think that you necessarily have to do that, like you said. But like I thought that Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match was totally appropriate, 
Well, yeah, and there because there was a reason for it. That's the thing. You have to have a reason for it. Like, I mean, um, Sabu and Terry Funk for the ECW title in a barbed wire rope match. You know, there was a reason for that. There was a reason for Edge and uh, Mick Foley at WrestleMania. There was a reason for Triple H and Cactus Jack. And those are just WWE ones, you know. But, like, it makes it... I mean, it just puts some more substance to it versus like, oh, we're just going to have a regular wrestling match and we're going to just be slamming each other with light bulbs. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I like violence as much as the next guy, but there's got to be a purpose to it. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, hopefully we will see like, you know, these used sparingly because the other thing too, it's like use some good creative. You don't have to have death matches to have compelling matches. Nope. And it waters it down because it's like a death match is supposed to be like, oh, wow. But then when you like, you know, when you see some of this shit now, like you said, because there's so many of them, you're just like, oh, this guy's bleeding like a stuck pig. Oh, well, what is what's on the news tonight? You know, it's just like it takes away from it. Yeah, exactly. Although I did really feel that when the best friends busted out the Legos, that's an yeah. underrated, underrated uh, tool of torture that should be used in more death matches. Seriously, have you ever stepped on a Lego? That shit hurts. Like, imagine yeah, getting man. I got, I got the Prodigy Legos. We opened the first bag up, and then uh, Betty Rebel put the kibosh on that shit. Yeah, and, uh, I bet she did. <laughs> she can play with the big blocks, not the little Legos. No Legos. So. Well... I mean, unless you have anything to add to that, that's been pretty much it. Thanks for hanging with us because I know this was a long one because of WrestleMania. We'll be back to normal. So on that note, yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly in this life, Bobby B. We'll see you around. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. This rap shit is mine, motherfuckers. A fucking game. Fuck what you heard. It's what you hearing. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. X gon' give it to you. Fuck wait for you to get it on your own. X gon' deliver to you. Knock knock. Open up the door. It's real. Let the non-stop pop problem stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. Such a good heart that I make the motherfucker wonder if you did it Damn right, and I do it again Cause yeah. I am like, so I got to win Break bread with the enemy No matter how many cats I break bread with I break who you sending me 